This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, July 11th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The recent film Snowpiercer is a revolutionary tale of wealth and poverty on a moving train after the apocalypse. But the dividing line in the film, according to Cato's John Samples, isn't so much class divisions. It's the state versus the oppressed. We spoke about the film this week. What is the libertarian pitch for this movie? This is a film about the state and what the state's really like. And it's actually a film for, I think in the end, probably in defense of anarchism. And, or at least pointing that way as the way out. So what is the basic premise? It's, uh, so there's global warming. And uh, in response to global warming, uh, a chemical or is put into the atmosphere that has catastrophic effects. The, uh, the global temperature drops to the point that it's snowing all the time and everything is frozen. And all of, it's said at the beginning that all of life becomes extinct except for uh, a bunch of humans who get on this train and basically ride around on the train for several years after the catastrophic event. It, the movie takes place about 20 years after the uh, catastrophic event. Now, there's a bunch of interesting things about this. I mean, the film looks like it's not going to be particularly libertarian in the sense that, you know, the train has up in front all the wealthy, well-to-do people who are living great, and then in the back is a bunch of people who are oppressed and don't have anything and so on. So it looks like, you know, some people are going to read this as a film about inequality. And I, I can see where the, you know, you can see that sort of, being telegraphed. Um, But I think there's problems with that story um, in the sense that uh, there's a couple of problems. One is that the film actually doesn't give you a coherent story about the train. You don't really know how people end up on the train. But not only that, you you have this story about all these people who ride in the front who are really violent and really bad you know, they, they think nothing about killing large numbers of people. And the people on the back are just, I mean, literally are along for the ride. There's very little in the film that suggests they do anything. So this is, we're not in, you know, Karl Marx's world where the oppressed are actually producing everything and having it taken from them, right? We're in a world where the oppressed are just in the back and they're being pulled along and basically fed insects. To, to keep them alive, but there's no, you don't know why they're being kept alive. I mean, these are, the people in the front are supposedly violent and evil. Why would they keep them alive? Why not just unhitch the back parts of the train and let them die? So, so it's, it's not like Metropolis then, where the people underground are the ones who are yeah. so very productive. It's a weird thing that, you know, you, I mean, I think egalitarian arguments are always going to be like, well, these People are oppressed, but if not, they really are doing something. They're the really important people in the society. But this one is like, well, you don't understand that. The other thing is you, you, you sort of go into the, the movie and it's sort of expecting, I mean, uh, the, the director, Bong Joon-ho, is a kind, of a kind of a man of the left in South Korea. And it's sort of got that, except there's weird things about it, which is – I don't think it's a particularly environmentally correct movie, right? First of all, the disaster is caused by an extreme reaction of trying to deal with global warming, right? It's, and you've done something that's 
catastrophic. Now, you could blame it ultimately on global warming, but it's the people trying to deal with global warming that caused the disaster. That doesn't make sense. Then the thing I was thinking throughout the film as you got toward the front and everything was revealed toward the front of the train and the elites were revealed their theories is I kept thinking the term spaceship Earth, which was a really old term from the 70s about environmentalism. But there's a kind of environmentalism that says everything has to be controlled, inputs and outputs have to be controlled, population has to be controlled. You've got to have this total collective planning because we are here in this situation of scarcity and we have to keep the Earth, the spaceship Earth, sustained, right? Well, that's the guy who runs the train, the evil guy. That's his theory of the train. Everything, including population, has to be controlled to uh, make the train sustainable over time. So he's kind of like a kind of environmentalist. I'm not going to say everyone's like that, but there's you certainly had those kinds of that kind of talk and those kinds of theories in the past. And again. You know, this isn't a straightforward sort of morality tale from the left. There's something weird about that, right? But the real part that I think throws you a curve if you're – and not if you're a libertarian, but if you're on the egalitarian side of things, is this is clearly in the end a story about the state. It's a – there is no economy in this movie. That is to say all these people are on this train. They're all just riding along being provided for uh, through – presumably super-duper technology, there are no economic relations among people. There, There is nothing. There's no exchange. There's production. It's not clear how the production happens, but there is none. The people in the front and the back are kept away from each other through sheer force. And it's not that the economy is going along working through exchange. There is no economy. All there is is force, right? And some ideology to go with the force and so the front of the train basically has a bunch of people who work for it that look like soldiers or cops or whatever. And from time to time, they kill off two-thirds of the population because the population's getting too big and it's not sustainable anymore. Well, that's kind of weird. So for the libertarian, the reason I think libertarians might want to go see this movie is, you know, it's pretty easy to read this as being about the state and what the state's like and what the state does because there's no – there's no kid gloves here. I mean, it's just about force, really, and about. I mean, the film is extremely violent too. I mean, so you get that about the state, uh, and ultimately, so it's not a, a pretty picture, right? And it's a and it's a total collectivism too, in which uh, the people at the top are controlling everything that happens, and everything has to be controlled to con- create the sustainability and so on. Um, so the spoiler, I think, would be the question here for libertarians is not – it's an interesting thing about – that mirrors, I think, a lot of people's views of some parts of what you could say about the state, maybe all you could say about the state. Uh, but beyond that, the way the film ends raises the question that actually, in a sense, literally smashing the state and going beyond it. Uh, on behalf of individuals is actually the way out of this particular allegory. And so the film sort of affirms a kind of anarchism, I I sense, in a way, at the end. I mean, the end is, like good movies often are, is ambiguous and it deserves to be thought about. But uh, I think that's the underlying idea here, is that because the state is just, uh, and its total collectivism comes to a 
gigantic end, right? But it's not a disastrous end. It's not everybody dies. It's there's a very optimistic end to this. I think I would add, and it and it's sort of like people overcoming the total collective estate. John Samples, vice president and publisher at the Cato Institute, usually only watches films made before 1975. You can read more of his work at our website, cato.org.